You're listening to MedPoint's Half Hour of Health, live on AM980 or online at am980.ca. Got a question about healthcare, dieting, exercising? Give us a call at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Now, here's your host, Ron Young. Good morning, London. It's a great day here in, in the Forest City. Uh, of course, each Saturday morning at 9.30 hour, or on the half hour, I'll be joining you uh, with members of my uh, fitness team from MedPoint, uh, tell, talking to you about all, all the uh, important news and, and recent research in, in the world of health and fitness. Uh, today, I'm joined with Peter Martone. Of course, he was with me last week. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Saturday morning here again. Yeah, it's it's it was fun. I mean, the the first show we talked about sugars, and I think it went over very well. So uh, yeah, I think we did pretty well for our first radio live host. They welcomed us back into the studio. So, uh, and of course, across from me, MedPoint Fitness kinesiologist Kate Lane is here joining us. How are you today, Kate? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here this Saturday morning with you guys as well. Yeah. So let's get started because last week on the show we left it that we were going to be you know, looking at different fitness myths that, that some people, maybe you're a new exerciser or perhaps you've been exercising for a while, but you have these ideas in your head of, of how things should go as well as, um, uh, you know, what exercises are best. Uh, anyways, different things that come to mind when you're starting an exercise program or if you've been exercising for a while. And, and these are, are common things that we come across with, with some of our clients. And I'm sure that a lot of the listeners have uh, on their minds right now. Wouldn't you say so, Pete? Of course. Like everyone that comes into the gym with me, they are new or experienced and they all have different questions, whether it's like, for example, we're going to get to overtraining today, Ron. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, uh, you know, the overtraining topic is that that when people start an exercise regime, often they'll want to do too much too fast. Uh, and, and you get that person who's really gung-ho to get into the gym and they just think that maybe we should exercise, you know, six or seven times a week in order to get the benefits. What would you just say to somebody like that, uh, Kate? I would say that that's just a little too much. You need to start out with baby steps, especially when you're first getting into it. Um, you know, overtraining, you don't want to do that with to your body. Like you want to start with the small muscle groups, you know, learn how to use your muscles and have that muscle memory um, before you go on to doing other things. So really overtraining, we don't want to do that to start especially. We want to take our time and I'd say three to four workouts in a week. That's plenty. Of course. And like it's not just days of the week. It's also time in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing. But do I go to the gym for 45 minutes or I'm in there for an hour, hour and a half? We we believe here at MedPoint that 45 minutes to an hour is a completely enough time to get a full workout in. If you're over over an hour, you're you're more socializing than anything we feel, and you're not getting that that burn or that that well, like develop those muscles like we should. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? With the whole overtraining thing, I mean, when you're resting, really, that's when your muscles have time to properly uh, repair and, and grow to adapt to the training that you're doing. And uh, I think it's also important that we train different muscle groups at each workout so that we're not kind of compounding those 
uh, workouts and that soreness uh, carrying through. And, uh, you know, another point to go along with the overtraining and just to put it into perspective for some of the listeners, it's like a rubber band. I mean, if you stretch that rubber band, you know, you're going to lose that elasticity. And, and what happens is if you keep keep pulling on it time and time again, similar to your muscles in your body, mm-hmm. uh, they're not going to have the time to relax and to recoup. So if you're a new exerciser or an experienced exerciser, I think the best way uh, to go about this is to get three or four times a week in the gym uh, and, and, you know, work towards your goals that way and make sure that you have adequate rest. Yeah, in the, just a to touch on what you said about the the rest period, we want to train each muscle group. Say on say you trained your chest on Monday, we want to get at least twenty four to forty eight hours rest in between that because that that we believe is adequate time for that muscle to rebuild mm-hmm. and to regenerate and to have a full performance the next time you actually work out the chest muscles. Also, post workout nutrition helps too with recovery. Yeah. So having like a protein with a piece of fruit, something like that. That'll help with that recovery a lot quicker as well. Yeah, so so just try and stay away from overtraining. And, and one of the studies that we kind of looked at, and it was on CTV a couple of weeks ago, was this how many people overestimate actually how hard they are working out uh, when they are in the gym. And this study consisted of 129 individuals ages 18 to 65. And they used treadmills and, and they asked... Uh, the exercisers to work at certain levels of intensity and actually those people who thought that they were putting forth uh, a high effort of intensity actually weren't coming close to it at all. Um, so, you know, the the guideline for, for our workouts to make sure that we're getting uh, our body you know, into those metabolisms and into those uh, fat stores, uh, we typically want to have our heart rate at around 65% of what's considered our maximum. In order to get your maximum uh, heart rate, you're going to take 220 minus your age, and then you're going to work at that 75% of that overall number. That overall number, just Ron, is, is your max heart rate. So we don't want you to be working over 220 minus your age, whatever that number is. If you're working over that, then you're pushing the limits to what your your the average individual should be able to, to mm-hmm. handle. Yeah. So uh, the next myth that we kind of wanted to talk about, because this kind of goes hand in hand with the overtraining, is this no pain, no gain mentality. And I know a lot of clients uh, starting out at MedPoint Fitness, you know, they say, Ron, well, I'm not sure if I I, I felt that workout, so I don't know if I got the full effect. But um, as healthcare professionals, as kinesiologists, we know that you don't have to have a lot of pain and soreness uh, in your muscles after or the day after a workout to to have it be effective. Um, We just know that that is completely false, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's important, you know, to not necessarily feel all that pain, especially when you're first starting out. Um, I mean... It's it's nice to feel it a little bit. I I totally understand that part of it, but you know, yeah, you want to know that you did something. Yeah, right? and when yeah. you first start out, your muscles, you know, you're just learning how to use them and kind of connect the brain to that muscle fiber. Like, really, when you first do an exercise, you're not necessarily going to target exactly that muscle. Maybe it's mm-hmm. possible that you won't, and that might be why you don't necessarily feel it the next day. Mm-hmm. It just takes some time and some practice to really learn the body and. So mu- muscle isolation, I mean, we need to think, uh, when people come into the gym, it's it's a lot of times weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. Uh, you know, some people have a lot of strength goals and different things like that. But if you strip it down to bare bones, I mean, uh, what we need to look at is kind of the mechanics of the body. And when you're starting an exercise program, uh, you know, 
am I doing the movements correctly? That's mm-hmm. kind of one of the foundational uh, things that we try and preach in the gym. And it's something that we really like to educate our clients on. So wouldn't you say, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I start out any program, it's it's not about how much weight you're lifting or or can I do this? Can I do that? It's okay. We'll get down. We'll do the body mechanics and make sure you're doing the things properly. Once we develop that proper foundation, then we can add on the weight. Then you can be working on um, muscle building because for the first few weeks of the, like Kay was saying, for the first few weeks, you're not really building muscle. You're just learning. You're properly activating the muscles and mm-hmm. connecting those fibers. Like mm-hmm. exactly like Kate was yeah, saying. Exactly. So yeah, and that and that soreness, that no pain, no gain. The soreness that you do experience is the delayed uh, onset, uh, usually a day or two after. Afterwards, and uh, you know, it doesn't always indicate that it's been a great workout, but uh, certainly you can feel it from time to time. And, and some people like to feel it and know that they've done something, but it is not necessary. So let's just kind of dismiss that myth right there. And to add on to that, the, to help out with the pain if you do experience that often is post-exercise nutrition mm-hmm. and pre-exercise nutrition, making sure your body has the right stuff in it to rebuild and to replenish those, those muscles and your cardiovascular system. Yeah, and also I think uh, stretching plays a huge role in that Absolutely. as well because now that you've beat up the muscles, they're already in, in a shortened phase trying to rebuild and, and, and almost in an inflammation kind of a way uh, swelled, right, uh, from the micro tears that you've caused. So stretching that out, making sure that you have full flexibility and range of motion as well. Uh, you can also heat your muscles and, and use the thermal modalities mm-hmm. in order to uh, kind of bounce back. Yeah, I'm a big fan of flexibility. It's huge for recovery and making sure that the muscles are recovering in the right direction and um, definitely, definitely really important. Mm -hmm. So one of these uh, myths here, and and I've also had clients ask me about this one too, and and it's not that it's a bad question at all. I mean, I think the bottom line is people need to be informed on the matters and and no question is a dumb question, uh, but it's this, should I eat before a workout. We were kind of touching on it before, pre and post nutrition. Uh, the mentality is I shouldn't eat before a workout because I'll burn more calories. Uh, but also uh, in the other side of things, I don't want to throw up or vomit <laughs> if you're going to you know, push me <laughs> super hard at the gym. But uh, you completely should eat before a workout. I mean, if you think about our energy stores, we need to make sure that we fuel our bodies in appropriate ways, especially if you are undergoing uh, a workload like weights, like cardiovascular uh, exercise. And, And the truth behind it is food is energy. You should eat about 30 minutes prior to a workout, and I'm not talking about a big meal, but just a snack to give you the energy necessary to get through the workout and drive your metabolism. Kate, what kind of snacks should people be looking for here? This would be, you know, having some trail mix and maybe half a banana. That is pretty much all you need about 30, 60 minutes, 30 minutes before the workout. Um, that would, a banana will digest fast enough through um, mm-hmm. and give you that sugars for the workout and then the healthy fat from the um, trail mix or, you know, some almonds or something like that will just give you a little bit of lasting effect there. So it's definitely important to get something like that in beforehand. Good. And I think timing is just really crucial with that one. So um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be discussing are machines safer than dumbbells and free weights? Uh, We'll be back in just a few moments. Thank you for listening to the MedPoint Health Half Hour. And welcome back to the program. I want to thank everybody for listening. Of course, uh, 9.30 every Saturday is the MedPoint uh, Health Half Hour. 
with myself and my MedPoint team, my MedPoint fitness team. And joining me today, of course, is Peter Martone, kinesiologist, and uh, Kate Lane, kinesiologist as well at MedPoint Fitness. We are here bringing you... uh, we're going to kind of be debunking more myths because when we when we left for commercial, we talked about three really big ones. And uh, I hope we're kind of changing the way that people perceive these things because really we can understand how difficult it is if you have one point of view for – uh, you know, a few years, and if you think that's the way it is for, you know, the, it's the way it is, right? Yeah. Is there any changing uh, of minds here, right, Pete? You, you stick to something you know, you, you're confident with that, so you're just going to continue doing it. You don't want to feel uncomfortable in a gym, especially in a social setting where people are looking at you and you're like, I'll stay away from that because I don't really know how to do it or how oh, that machine looks new. I, I'll stay away from that and yeah. stick to the your routine. And this is a routine is good, but we're not leading to muscle confusion. And um, that's that's an important thing that I like to bring into the gym is confusing your muscles. And a way of doing that is using free weights and machines. Now we're talking about myths here and whether free weights are better than machines. Mm-hmm. And it it's the way it's, you have to look at who's coming into the gym, how experienced they are, and um, what what their goals are. Because if I was to get a new client in the gym, I'd like to look at free weights first because it activates stabilizers, yeah, right, Don? Yeah, it, it touches a lot on the core. I mean, let's face it. People think that because the weight is kind of controlled for you uh, in a machine that it's ultimately better. And what we're saying here today that is that that's not completely true. I mean, for me, I could get on a leg press machine and unless it's properly adjusted to my specific height, uh, you know, I could actually do more harm than good. Uh, Using free weights, as long as you're doing it uh, properly, and that's where it comes into play that if you are a new exercising, have that having that guidance and that provision uh, or that spot mm-hmm. uh, so you feel comfortable doing the motion and it's reinforced that you're doing the motion properly, uh, free weights will actually activate more core muscles and help, help you to be able to control some of that weight more frequently. Right, Kate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I start out with a client, I, I always, you know, start like from scratch, like especially when they're new to it. And, you know, most often I'll start the workout with doing the free weights. And then, you know, as they, you know, as the stabilizers get tired throughout the workout and as they, you know, the core has been involved throughout the whole workout, then I'll introduce a machine pro like uh, exercise. Mm-hmm. So say I did a lot of lunges and then maybe some squats. Then I'm going to take them to a leg press so that they can have don't have to depend on the stabilizers as much, and they can press yeah. through the motion and go a little heavier still. Because those by that are time, usually the ways I do it. Yeah. yeah, by that time the muscle fibers of the stabilizers uh, have have kind of become so fatigued that they're not going to help you out as much. So. Uh, trying to do squats at the beginning of your t- routine versus doing squats at the very end of your routine, maybe your balance is off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that safe to say, Pete? Yeah, of, of course. And everybody comes in the gym. One of their main goals is to target their core. And if they're going to be in the machines all day, then they're not really targeting the core. It's Instead of having to do a crunches mm-hmm. and sit-ups and planks and all that stuff, do your free squats, do your free lunges, do Absolutely. your free things, and you're going to be targeting your core as as well. Yeah, and 
paired along with doing other body exercises. Yeah, uh, core, glutes, uh, uh, different things. The more muscle bodies that you can involve into an exercise, uh, obviously the, the tougher it's going to be, the more you're going to condition yourself. Mm-hmm. Burn more calories. And you're also going to be burning more calories, right? And Which is what we want. And it's, yeah, it's about being effective in the gym because, uh, you know, I once read somewhere that if you're in the gym longer than an hour, uh, you're not working out, you're socializing. And that's mm-hmm. so true because... A lot of people I find don't adhere to exercise programs because they go to the gym, uh, maybe not with a clear, concise plan, and then they go, you know, maybe I'll go and do these dumbbells, and then, oh, there's a TV on the treadmill, maybe I'll watch a little bit of the uh, Tigers lose to the Orioles, (laughs) ouch. Um, you, You know what I'm saying? So... It's easy to get in the gym, get get kind of lost with with all the commotion going on around you uh, that you maybe don't have a clear plan. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to make sure that you're effective in the gym. Uh, otherwise, you might just see it as some something that's tiresome and, and you may mm-hmm. not want to go if you're spending more than an hour. Yeah, like you have to know going to the gym what your goal is. And of course, everybody has different goals. Like muscle building or endurance and mm. to to another kind of thing we've been touching on is for endurance we do something while we do strength for muscle building we do something else and that ties down to sets and reps and um for something that wants to be strength building then you're going to have um less sets higher weight you're going to be overloading that muscle which is very important yeah. and then if you want to do some more endurance you're going to be doing higher sets less weight so that you're you're exhausting the muscle in in time not not strength yeah and it's basically uh just proportionate to whatever your goals are Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of clients ask us uh you know why am i doing this many reps of this exercise well if your goal is to cut and tone then you'd probably want to be doing more reps of a certain or particular exercise uh, and keep your heart rate up and and keep your systems going to burn off more calories right Mm -hmm. but if your overall goal is to build muscle uh, you need to make sure that there's a heavy workload there and that you uh, go at those muscles in a way that you're exhausting them after a couple of different reps, Yep. right? After a couple of reps. And then, you you know, you can kind of take some adequate rest and get back to it because what happens in a rest period, and rest periods are very important. I know a lot of people like to just go, go, go and get their workout done. But when you're resting, that's when your muscles can kind of bounce back and grab energy from other sources and be ready to fire again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, sets and reps is kind of another uh, myth. I mean, with with the sense that a lot of people do too much uh, to their bodies to, uh, you know, accomplish their goals. But um, I think it's good to just educate people uh, sets versus reps. I mean, with reps, uh, it's it's how many times you're actually doing the exercise and then the set is how many times, uh, how many reps you've done of the exercise, right? How many rounds of those yeah. reps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, one other uh, myth that we wanted to touch on today is a myth that I think a lot of people ask. And it's it's that kind of conception that, or perception that, um, you know, will doing core exercises and crunches burn my belly fat? <laughs> I get asked that a lot. You know, I'm doing squats or I'm doing uh, chest uh, working out with an individual and they say, Ron, I kind of want to be doing some crunches. You know, I want to get rid of the belly fat. As humans, 
um, males have that tendency to have that apple shape and we collect a lot of belly fat uh, around our gut. As women, it's always the thighs and the hips and it's <laughs> always wanting to do the leg raises and yep. stuff like that. But women, this, sorry, it's that pear shape. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the so that's the, that's the perception, right? Yep. And yep. like it, it's, it's one, it's not true that if you're doing this core exercises specifically, you're not going to just burn that belly fat. You're, you're burning overall body weight. Unfortunately, body yeah. spot reducing is not a, a way we can actually lose weight. Yeah, it's it's important to note that when you're burning fat and when you're exercising, your body does not discriminate where <laughs> it's pulling uh, that energy from. I mean, if you sustain the exercises for long enough, you are going to get into that fat metabolism. But uh, it's not going to say, you know, it's not going to always be on your side and say, I'm going to take from this belly fat. Maybe it's going to take from, you know, some from some arms. fat stores in your arms or, or your legs, right? Yep. Uh, it, it, our bodies don't specifically target one area, whether you're doing exercises for the area or not. Yeah. Right? So yeah. the best thing to do would be a full body exercise where you're burning more calories because that's the goal. You want to burn more calories, not specifically just focus on that core Mm -hmm. overall calories burn is better than just punching out 100 crunches it'll take you thousands of crunches to get the amount of calories you burn and say uh full body squat Mm -hmm. no and that's absolutely right so you know for individuals who who are thinking this way we we encourage you to maybe change your way of thinking maybe try some different things in the gym if you're just going to the ab crunch machine uh you know it's probably not going to be as effective as doing a full body workout and actually there have been studies uh um you know with McGill saying that spinal compression uh the force on your spine during a crunch or a sit up is actually double of what's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we need to work our back too because the back is important. It's what really holds us up. And it's also part of like the core. It's yeah, it's, it's a it vital is. piece of your body that um affects all other forms of exercise. Yeah, and and when you think of the core a lot of people just think abs abs abs, right? Uh, we, when we, when you think of the core, it has to be, uh, it's almost like a box. So you have your pelvic floor muscles, you have your, your transverse abdominals out front, you have your, uh, multifidus in the back, and then your diaphragm, of course, going up and down, uh, as you breathe, right? And you the need to make sure, yeah. Those showy ones, the rectus abdominis. But we need to make sure that all of these muscles are in coordination with one another when we're doing core exercises. And exercises like the plank, things that keep your your back in a neutral orientation uh, can certainly be really effective uh, in core core strengthening because Mm -hmm. you want to stay away from those crunches anyways. Um, so that about wraps it up for the show this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Kate, Peter, thank you for joining thank me. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure, Ron. And, uh, and Kate. Safe to say we've busted quite a few myths today. <laughs> yes, if you have any did. questions, I encourage everyone to email me. It's ron at medpoint.ca. Uh, you can send me any of your health and fitness questions. We'll be addressing them on the air. And uh, next week we'll be taking calls and talking about more health and fitness topics that are relevant to you today. How does it affect me? How does it affect my family? Um, we'll be addressing more topics uh, on next week's show. So for now, uh, this is Ron Young. It's your health. It's your time. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. 
You've been listening to MedPoint's Half Hour of Health. Listen back next Saturday morning at 9.30 for a new episode on AM 980. Or check out past shows on our website at am980.ca.